Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women. And after this, we're going to have all the little beer shorts. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are continuing our romp through the Booker Longish list uh, with All the Little Bird Hearts by Victoria Lloyd Barlow. And I'm starting with a beer. I think one of you guys just had this, but it looked really good. So the main character is on the autism spectrum and has like very, very restrictive uh, diet things that she allows herself to eat because uh, she doesn't like texture or color or whatever. But you would definitely think that pumpkin is forbidden, right? Mm, yeah, it's not white. Right, it's not white. So this is forbidden pumpkin, <laughs> which is also one of the uh, less popular uh, moves in the Kama Sutra. And <laughs> you have to be a certain amount of gordito to do that one. Uh, this one is a 9.3% alcohol IPA, Imperial Milkshake IPA, brewed with pumpkin, spices, vanilla, milk sugar from Abomination Brewing Company. I can't believe that works. God damn it. <laughs> damn you. Didn't one of you guys just have this? I know. No. Never had oh, that man. one. I had it's... no pumpkin. Ah, that's what I'm thinking of. All right. Because they're forbidden. That is, yeah, there's very similar names. Like, it's like that is, you know, when uh, the, the near translation. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Okay, so All the Little Bird Hearts is Victoria Lloyd Barlow's first novel and is told by the, the narr- is narrated by the main character Sunday. I forgot what her last name is. Forrester, something like that's her last name. Uh, and, her, uh, her in-laws are foresters. She is not a forester. She, right. So she is a English woman, and I couldn't, I don't know England's geography well enough to know which part she's from, but it sounds rural, small townish. It is definitely rural. And she lives with her 16 year old daughter, and the, the main mother, you know, the main character, Sunday, is, I mean, you know, she's autistic from reading the, the jacket of the book. I don't know if they ever actually use that word in the book. Mm, no, because entirely from her perspective. Right, but, but she is a very high-functioning person. She is a, you know, grown-up. She's like 40s, I guess, around there. Um, or as Nate calls them, youngins. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she meets, I mean, it, it's all told from her perspective. So you get, like, into the, her, like, mind, you know, which the, is something that we should talk about the later. The thing about this book also that is what sets it, I guess, not apart, or yes, sets it apart, but is that the author is also autistic. Yeah. This is a so very more different. informed book than some have. You know, it's it's kind of, I want to say it's trendy, but it's it not, a, not it, trendy. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a gimmick uh, when an author does it, right? Yeah. You know, this is my book from the perspective of a person who's uh, neurodivergent. I mean, we just did the we just did the one before this with the fucking how yeah. to build a boat, which was not first person, but it was a child with autism as one of the main characters, right? And then you know, all of these books are going to be compared to the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yes, but neither that author, uh, what the fuck was his name? I can't remember right now. Ooh, not a clue. Um, Reginald Blythorn. I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> uh, not, not neither him, he nor uh, it's like a British name a, generator. Yes, uh, uh, Elaine Feeney are autistic themselves, so they're doing it based on research. Whereas this author actually is autistic, and it's like the first thing in her biography, you know, her little author blurb. So you're like, oh, okay, and it feels different than Mark those books. Mark Haddon, sure. Yeah. Curious Incident wrote Curious Incident. Yeah, there you go. British enough. Is he British? I mean, he probably is, right? It was very British. Yeah, British book. So, yeah, so Sunday lives, uh, is is autistic too, and this is clearly, I mean, I don't think the events are taken from the life of uh, Victoria Lloyd Barlow, but they are, like, the, the, the worldview has to be at least a little bit in, influenced by her own the way, perspective. Experience. The way that she sees the world and experiences it must must be at least somewhat similar. The events are probably fake. Actually, I have no fucking idea, Hopefully. but I assume so. Ultimately, what it makes her is an unreliable narrator, though. It, 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 that's kind of the, the result, and it's just for a different reason. Like, she's, she's reliable, but she doesn't, under, she doesn't interpret the things around her the same way the other characters do. And so we so, miss stuff that she yeah. doesn't see. Or, yeah, it's very glossed over, and she, she spends a lot of time thinking, you know, kind of thinking about the other things that she thinks about, which were... Which were Heartbreaking at times, and speaking of which, one yeah, of the so here. did you notice in the book how much she to, uh, the author 
or like or or that is Sunday spoke about like the words people used and like the way people even pronounced those words. Like they would oh, yeah. go on and be like, oh, she pronounced it this way. So do you think Sunday would be very uh, taken aback <laughs> by an unexplicably used umlaut? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one today too. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, this is unexplicably, inexplicably used umlaut Marzen by Single Cut. And I, it's 6% alcohol, whatever a Marzen is. Oktoberfest beer. Mm, that's why it Dark tastes lager. like... Dark lager. That's why it tastes like beer. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like a yellow beer, at least, because that would be bad. It's brown beer. Right. No, yeah, it's definitely, definitely darker in color. It's not a stout, for sure, but it is a darker brown hue. Who's Hugh? Hugh is one of the characters in the book, probably. That's so very, January, very... at the very like very beginning of the book, January, January. Did I just say January? <laughs> Sunday. You, you confuse the start of the week with the start of the year. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so uh, Sunday, at the beginning of the book, she's at home and she is like looking out across the lawn and happens to notice that in the neighbor's yard. There's a woman just lying in the grass. Like, oh, what the fuck? That's weird. And that is for a dead a, body. And for a second, you're kind of like, is, is that a dead body? Is this a murder mystery? No, because she moves right away. And so it's not a murder mystery. But instead, the woman notices Sunday looking at her and then literally goes right over to her house. And he sort of says, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Vita. And that is really the inciting incidents of the whole book. And Vita is, uh, I was going to say townie, but she's not a townie. She's like a city person. You know, she's, uh, oh, what the fuck is her name? Now I want to say Sunday. Uh, no, it is Sunday, not January. <laughs> Sunday is enamored with Vita's way of speaking and of pronouncing things. And she has, you know, at this point learned how, like, what is not acceptable. And that's probably, you know, one of the, I imagine, challenges for somebody with, uh, you know, on the autism spectrum is like, because it, it, one of the characteristic things is like not picking up on social cues, and so rec- learn has, has, to, has to you have to learn things that most people kind of intuit, and to learn that it's not okay to just repeat the way somebody just said a word. It's kind of a dick move, right? Like if they most pronounce people, it in a certain way, you don't repeat that. Like hello, back to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah, exactly. laughs> I mean, yeah. But she thinks absolutely. it in her head. She thinks, yeah, it in and her she, head. But she also will, I mean, and it's not clear how subtly she's doing these things because she's narrating it. But she'll say, like, I tapped the rhythm out on my leg. And, like, I bet it's noticeable because she'll get, like, the, the rhythm of the phrase. And she'll try to copy the rhythm of the way they do it, like, where you're putting the accent or whatever. So she's probably, un- you know, she's trying to do her best to, like, blend in and do the, you know, the, quote, the normal thing. Every time she talks um, to someone, it is a list of things in her head where she has to... Say, I know I'm supposed to do this, and I'm not supposed to do this. And a lot of it is referencing uh, uh, like a 1950s book on etiquette. Yeah, she got shitty like, guidance. This, there. this is how people act, which is. I'm not you know, sure it was even the 1950s. I think yeah, it was the early 50s. It, it was a 50, it was, 1959 sticks out of my head, but it may have been a reprint. <laughs> <laughs> the book takes place in the summer of 1988, actually. Oh, okay. By I couldn't really tell. Way, it's the much less popular Brian Adams song, <laughs> Summer of 88. In the British countryside. Bought it at the Pence and... <laughs> okay, what the, what, I can't think of the Pirates of Penzance and Dimes. Um. <laughs> the Pence and Crown. There you go. Um, but Vita is uh, different. She's not like other people. She's vivacious. She's vivacious. This book definitely practices... Uh, what is it called? Nominative determinism? Nominative, nominative determinism. Nominative determinism? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just has like too many syllables in there. <laughs> Where Vida, which means life, is full of life. And Dolly, and Dolly is, is, is a cow. Is the child. <laughs> no. <laughs> is a sheep. <laughs> And Dolly is the child, and but Dolores means to suffer. So, mm. Mm. so think about that. Mm. Learn your goddamn root words, motherfuckers. 
because there's another Dolores that's mentioned too, that she for whom she is named in the Sicilian tradition, <laughs> which is a big part of the book. So okay, Vita is like full of life. Is immediately like, oh, it's so nice to meet you, and she's just very. Okay, want to say full of life again, but and she immediately Zesty. is yeah exactly. And Replete with living. <laughs> because it, it, uh, 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 Sunday answers a question, and she answers it, like, very bluntly and in a way that would be very, actually very rude. Most people would consider rude, but it's just kind of like, no, I don't want to go to your house right now. You know, because, like, Vita is being polite, and it's like, oh, why don't you come over and do this? And, and Sunday is just like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, that's why I like you, because you <laughs> get to the point. That's why, you know... Because like me, you get right to the point. Anyway, and so they kind of become friends because the woman next door, her and her husband, okay, they don't have any kids. That's going to be important later. Uh, Her and her husband have have moved in there in the next door because the neighbors, those neighbors are away for the summer, but they're friends with Vita, whereas Vita and her husband, Rolo, they just had to sell their house in a hurry and needed somewhere to move into really fast, even though they're property developers. And that was yeah, the very only place. Fishy. Yeah. That's a little, a little weird. That's what they say, at least, that they, you know, need a new place. They just needed a place to crash for while they, you know, find a more permanent thing. So they're staying next door. And so they're only going to be around that summer. But they quickly become friends. And they also become friends with a Sunday's daughter named Dolly, who is... Uh, 16 and is is not on the autism spectrum like her mother is in fact skips a generation of all the things all the things like sunday's sister was for which she was uh for which she was named because her sister who died as a teenager was very you know Definitely not on the autism spectrum. Very, you know, popular, outgoing. Oh, real beloved. <laughs> yes. Beloved by everyone, including her mother, whereas her mother definitely did not like Sunday. No. I don't know how... I don't think the author of this book is well, as old as Sunday would be. You know, because if Sunday was 40... Like in the mid-30s. I, I think she's young. Yeah, she had, the, she had Dolly when she was like 18 or 19. Right. But I know Victoria Lloyd Barlow is not... Of the same generation as Sunday would be, because that would mean she was born in the fucking forties, right? If she it's nineteen eighty eight, and she has she's forty, right? she might have been born in like yeah forty five, something like that. So she's she's you know that's a. I am sure. I don't know if the word autism existed then, but I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't have used it, and most parents or understood it. Uh, absolutely, not. I mean most people don't fuck it. I feel like a lot of people don't now, and I mean I don't. I certainly don't fully understand it, but I'm sure her her parents were impatient and pissed off and just thought she was being a dick instead of, like, she is not thinking the same way that you think about things. And uh, so her childhood was really stressful and difficult. And then her sister was the only one that was nice to her. (laughs) She was the only one that loved her for who she was and didn't try to change her. And then she had to go and die. You know, she has a... The daughter, she's no longer with her daughter's father. He, uh, I think he either lives in town or lives nearby, but his parents, her in-laws and Dolly's grandparents, still live in town, and they run a grocery store slash garden shop slash whatever it is, and they're like well-known, wealthy people, and they take care of Dolly and help her with you know money and stuff. And uh, Sunday works at the garden store because... She really likes plants. She's very good at taking care of them. She's very focused on the plants. And, uh, you know, sometimes when she goes to work, do you, do you think that she'd be like, hey, who let the daffodils out? <laughs> <laughs> this is who let the daffodils out. specialists in everything. From, so they, uh, they definitely grow those too. Rockaway. And this is a, what the fuck is this? This is a fruited sour with... Apricot or apricot, depending on if you're right or not. Uh, guava and passion fruit, four point eight percent. So it's easy drinking. Tastes like a lot of juice. It's hard to differentiate uh, the the individual juices. It's not as like intensely fruit flavored as some of these can be, where it tastes like you're just drinking a V8. I think I've never actually had a V8 because the idea is disgusting. 
It's it's a horrible thing. Yes, let's. It's a thing. But, that oh, you, you want fruit you juice? Like no vegetable juice, the one you don't want and don't have want much the juice. <laughs> I want fruits that can't move on their own. <laughs> I want, I want uh, guys, sorry. Technically, tomato is a fruit. That's because it's the only thing we have yes. any fucking juice in it. So like the rest of it, like celery juice, it's not a thing. Well, I, mean, I, I, I forget who said it. Carrot juice. But, but, uh, was it knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit and wisdom is knowing that you should never put it in fruit salad. <laughs> yes. Because um, it offends That's why pasta is a salad. But isn't like a banana, a, like a fuck, like, aren't Herb. a bunch of them like, they're like technically weird things like, yeah, an avocado's a nut or something like that. Like I feel like you get corrected by herb. these things. By is that right? Yeah, at least I've heard that. That's as far as my knowledge goes. I'm gonna believe it. That's why it tastes why like not? basil. Um, anyway, uh, so she works at the plant store most day. You know, normal sequestered. Thing. With the, with Clearly, the this is a job she likes because it's quiet and it's not. It's like it's it's quiet and you don't have to deal with people. And it's very tactile. Yes, like she taught a lot of her. That's what talking about. She's a toucher. Things. Mm, I don't know. Phrasing. If they, like, they, they don't like being called that anymore. <laughs> uh, she is on the touching spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just call she her likes Mrs. Hands. That name doesn't mean anything else, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, her husband, her ex-husband was Mr. Hands. Mr. Hands. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, that was a different character. Nate, have you seen <laughs> Mr. that <Hans's>? video? <laughs> I oh no! Have not no. You got a lot to learn, dude. Oh, not computer. send it to me. <laughs> there's, oh. nothing, there's nothing to really send. You don't want to say this nay like... to watching Mister Hands. No, no, you don't. Um, it's a real killer. Um, yeah, a man gets fucked to death by a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a le- it's like, not a legend. It really, it really happened. Um, yeah, but it turns out that you are not supposed to be the bottom for a horse because you will die unless you're brave enough. <laughs> the more uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> don't be a horse bottom. Horse bottom. That is, I don't know if I'd want to drink a beer called horse bottom, but it sounds like the name of a beer. <laughs> you know, like you could play the same the same game. Of, like that's a good band name. It's it's also a beer name. You know, it's just the same the same game. Yeah. And Horse Bottom is funny. I just feel like that would be like one of the... Horse the, Bottom uh, is the town next to theirs in this book. It's like a small <laughs> English town. Like, oh, welcome to Horse Bottom. Population Horse 14 bottom and 7. Avon. <laughs> we have seven score people. In 1083, William of Hastings came here and took a righteous shit. Um, there's a plaque about it. <laughs> it, looks like, it looked like that came out of a horse. Therefore... <laughs> And from the bottom, one would say. <laughs> England's stupid. Uh, <laughs> I think it's amazing in England. Are you ever reading some, like, a Wikipedia article for a, a English person of note? And there's invariably the point on the Wikipedia page where somebody posted the picture of the blue plaque that's stuck somewhere like this is the house where charles dickens took his first dump <laughs> and it's just like stuck. <laughs> like i mean what a country with like a thousand plus years of recorded of like intensely recorded history shit happened everywhere <laughs> so those plaques are all and over they didn't the place have toilets most places so oh, the shit <laughs> literally happened everywhere yeah <laughs> but they just have these plaques They're like this is a house where from 1892 to 1897, Charles Darwin's nephew crashed. Oh, okay. That's good to know. They're all over the place. A horse cart into this building. (laughs) 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 And and he won the first Darwin Award. Uh, So So back to the book. She works with a guy in uh, in the garden shed area of the store. And he is deaf, so he can only sign. And she's like, oh, thank God. But she's learned to sign. And, yes. Uh, but she also is as, as observant as she is about the way people speak. She also like notices about the way they sign, which I guess makes sense. I never really thought of like having a sign language accent. I mean, there's a different sign language for every language. Even American sign language versus other British sign, language. sign languages. They put U's in all their words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? Well, he just keeps putting the letters for a lift. What is that? <laughs> like for your shoes? 
I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what a jumper is. How can I lift anything? <laughs> but David, the deaf guy, is, until Vita comes along, possibly her only real friend. Yeah. Though their relationship she's is not professional. She's not cool with the ex-husband, even though she still works for his family, which is Oh, yeah. So thing. the ex-husband, who is just called King, or the king in the entire book, because... Elvis knocked her up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yep, she's married to Elvis this whole time. Um, so she uh, uh, tells a story about how when she was a teenager, so, so she got this job at this farm uh, because she liked plants, and, and, and sort of like school itself was very difficult for her. She so was she, the only one that responded to the ad. Yeah. <laughs> also, she was largely, by this point, an orphan. Because her parents she was an orphan, died when she was in her mid-teens, maybe? She was like I think 16. Her, sis, her sister died first. I mean, her sister, she sister died nobody. first, and then her parents died soon after About that. About a year later. And, but, and so her, her, both of her, her sister, her whole family is dead by the time she's like 16 or 17. But they finish high school when they're like 16 there, at least at this point. Because her daughter is finishing like high school. In the 60s, yeah. Yeah. So she gets this job because she's the only one who answers the ad for this uh, at this farm, and she's there, and she likes you know it's her thing. But also the so the son who's almost her age, the son of the people who own the farm who's almost her age, is there. He is just very handsome, very popular. Uh, I I highlighted some stuff. I don't. Let's see if I highlighted the line because she has some. Okay, so the the um, the. Spit it out. It's not me. January. Fuck, it's Sunday. <laughs> Has some very interesting <laughs> quotes about comparing herself to essentially other women and like what, what she notices about everyone else. Yeah, he followed me. The king had never followed a girl. They came to him. They waited for him as bovine and broken as patients in a dentist waiting room. That's the way she describes like all other women because he is very handsome and everybody wants him. But he had told her, Hey, I'm going to, and she, you know, obviously liked him and, you know, is the only boy she knows practically, but they never had a thing. And he had said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm just going to leave for a while. And I'm, cause you know, he's like finishing high school he's, or he's as they like call a gap it year or some shit. Yeah. Something like that. Ninth form. <laughs> And she said, and instead of saying, oh, yeah, great, thank you. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. And so she just says, no. What? And, she's, and then she repeats again, no. And then, like, leaves. And then he says, this he is followed like me. peak pickup artist strategy right here. <laughs> she negged him. She's, she's negged him hard. <laughs> he didn't even see it coming. She was coming mm. from all that hard negging. <laughs> I didn't know you were one who negs. <laughs> Say something else would be wrong. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, less than a year later, they have a daughter, and the daughter is Dolly. And not and long after their that, marriage, it doesn't. They, he leaves her. <laughs> yeah, their marriage does not go well because, I mean, he is not a you know understanding. It's it's built around his penis, their marriage. It's not like around mutual understanding. Yes. He's, he's a rich narcissist, and she is on the spectrum. In a time when people were less less you know, understanding, knowledgeable, or patient about such a thing. Yes. Because this would have been right around 1960. This would have been right around 1960. 1970. If the daughter's 1970. There you go. Yeah. 70, 72, somewhere, whatever the math is. Mm. I don't know when her birthday is, but it's somewhere in the early 70s. So while the Eagles were having a peaceful, easy feeling, he was banging an autistic girl in a garden shed, just like every romance story starts. Yes. And so their marriage does not go well, and then they quickly get divorced. And you don't really hear a ton, you don't find out a ton more about it, except for short passages when she says something like, yeah, he used to, like, kick me under the table when I would do this. Or he would, you know, he looked embarrassed to be around me in public. Because he comes from a, you know, fancy, you know, well-to-do family in town. And this is England, so, you know, etiquette is very important. At the end of the book, when they go have, like, the big graduation party for her daughter, you know, everyone's got to, like, 
make sure you're wearing the right kind of hat and, you know, engaging in the right kind of small talk, which, of course, besides the hat, she nails the hat, but she is not, you know, capable of keeping up with the etiquette standards that his family and everyone else in town requires to get by. So, okay, the sort of main part of the plot is really with Vita and her husband, how they, like, become... So how Sunday becomes friends with them, and then they meet the daughter, Dolly, because she's um, 16, and they're like, oh, we're having so much fun, and the kid is off for the summer, and is like, why don't you hang out over here, and why don't we go do stuff, because Vita is clearly an extrovert that needs a lot of company, but she's there in the country in a house... And her husband is away off working a lot of the time. And she's like, hey, yeah. And they sort of like take the daughter in. They just like hang out all the time. They they really they really groom this kid. But it's like there are like a thousand red flags that any uh, normal person or whatever, the, you know, neurotypical person would probably pick up on. Like when she goes to when like, they're like, have your daughter sleep over here. It's like, why the fuck would my teenage daughter sleep over the house of two fifty year old people's next like, door? Next door. Like, there's no reason for that. Like, that's fucking weird. It could be innocuous, but that's a that's a strange arrangement. And then when she went to bring the pajamas, the dad was like, oh, why are you here? We have enough pajamas, and he closed the door on her. And she was like, okay, I'm leaving now. Like, that's the kind of thing that you know. A lot of other people pick up like this is fucking weird. But the weirdest thing is, why would you, as a sixteen-year-old girl, want to hang out with your mom's best friend? (laughs) (laughs) This beer is called your mom's best friend, (laughs) which is, I mean, pretty fucking spot on here. Uh, This is from Run and Hide Brewing Company, which I don't, I don't recognize that name. But it's a double IPA. That's we've had that's one 7.1% oh, hide. We we have had one other. We had nice looking chops on the fifth season. Oh, that, that wasn't me. I think that was Jimmy's beer then, uh, or Nate. Yeah, I think that was. That sounds like a Jimmy pick. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember why it made sense. So probably yeah. It could have been me. I don't think, but I don't think so. Um, this is very nice, very tropical uh, hop fruit flavors. By the way. If you want to help us keep the tropical hop fruit flavors flowing, you can support the podcast over at patreon.com slash drunk guys book club, where in return for money, you can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, join us for our live episodes. We probably got to do one of those soon or, or we just did. Yeah. Who knows? Um, get discounts on our merch that, you know, is just Nate Photoshopped the shit out of that stuff. You should be wearing it. Uh, and, uh, well, so much more. And you'll also get that warm, fuzzy feeling like you get when you give money like to NPR, except we're not going to give you a subscription to the New Yorker or a tote bag. Though you'll there is a tote bag option. Th- there are, there are you two tote bags. You have to buy your own tote bag. Yeah. But you get a discount on the tote bag. We still haven't, we still haven't manifested the uh, patron of the Sharts bag, but we do have a, quote, bag for your shit. <laughs> 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 Which has the... Uh, Sky Shits episode, <laughs> Sky Shits artwork, <laughs> which that episode's in the archive. You also get access to the archive of episodes, which is growing daily. There are more episodes there that you cannot hear anywhere else, or maybe you don't want to hear, but they're there. You know, it's like because it's there, it's like uh, Everest. You could help us out by going to the patreon.com thing, or you could help us out by just leaving a review, hopefully a nice one, um, and write a little blurb. This podcast made me lose 12 pounds or whatever it is. And uh, that'll be nice. Or tell because your friends to listen sharts. to it. Because the, the beer sharts, my goodness. I'm not even going to go back into the story, but my wife woke me up about my sharts the other night. But we <laughs> had, you know, that was... And the worst part was she, she was right. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell her. I have, to, I have to just die before she could know that. Luckily, she'll uh, never listen to this. She would never listen to this podcast. <laughs> She she did she listened to the first two episodes and she got mad at me, um, so yeah that's the thing you could do to help us out. Any of those, all of those would be great. Or you know, do whatever you want to do, man. It's you. It's your life. I don't fucking know. So Dolly's living her life by hanging out with her neighbors and her you know mom's best friend, um, and you're like that's odd. 
it's real weird, but since it's Sunday's perspective, she doesn't feel that. But you as the reader know, like, that's not something you would normally do. And you wonder if it's a sex thing, but it's not. And maybe that's weirder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unexpected. Yeah. So, honestly, not a lot really happens in the book, plot-wise. It's Peter just drives a wedge. <laughs> it's just, you know, it takes place over the course of the summer, where Dolly generally kind of just starts to pull away from her. She's, she's had difficulties, you know, with her mother being on the spectrum in a time when that didn't exist to, you know, but, normal. But parents. imagine, do you remember being a fucking teenager oh, yeah, and it's, how it's hum- even worse embarrassing your parents were? <laughs> Like they were, yeah. like, it, imagine hang, having a parent who's actually extremely weird and extremely awkward in all situations. So, of course, the guys, teenage girl, dad. the 16 year old who is, you know, pretty and probably fairly popular, is going to be like, Mom. Yeah. Well, she does a couple times. Like when, when there's a point when they go, well, We want to take Do- Dolly to our, like, with, for the summer to be with us over at wherever. And then. They want to take her to London to like for at least a few weeks. And so Rollo and Vita are Rollo and Vita are in town staying there because they had to leave all of a sudden and move because they you'll travel for work a lot because Rollo is a property developer and he's currently in the process of renovating the orphanage in this small town, which is like they have this nice lake, and there's like a children's home on the lake. And they start renovating it, and it ends up they just end up kicking all the kids out and making them into luxury apartments, which is, you know, they don't do that anymore, so it's fine. Listen, kid, if you wanted your parents to still be alive, you should have paid your rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. As <laughs> simple as that. Keep calm and carry on the fuck out of here, you homeless urchin. And Dolly is like working with them, like learning interior design or something because Vita quote unquote helps out, but she doesn't really, she's more of a housewife, but with, she admits she, all she does is like pick the wallpaper. Yeah. That's her part in the design process. (laughs) In this old orphanage. As, as the summer goes on, Dolly's like, I want to go work for them and, you know, move to London and do this dumb, this stuff. And Sunday is just like, you just finished school. You got to go to, College or uni- university or whatever the fuck. She was supposed to go study math. Study math. All of them. Because there's all more than the one math. You've got to study all the different maths. <laughs> Addition and subtraction. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> hey, I've, done, I've done maths. I did several maths. I did maths in college. I did at least one subtraction in addition. Uh, but Dolly's like, no, I want to do this because she's, you know, 16. And math, honestly, math sucks. I get it, man. Um, it does suck. It sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but she grew up, like, not rich, but, like, her grandparents are rich, and they provide for her, and she stays with them a lot of weekends, and she, you know, stays up at the house-slash-garden store-slash-grocery store-slash-social club thing that they run. But, you know, when she's not her grandparents, she's at Vita and Rollo. She's, like, living there. She has her own room. And Sunday barely sees her anymore. And when they have their weekly Friday dinners, it feels more like she's, like, with them than with Sunday. And it's odd. And Sunday, even Sunday's like, this is strange. I don't really understand this. Like, what's, why is is this happening? But due to her, you know, social limitations, it's hard for her to do anything about it and also to talk to them about it. Because Dolly doesn't give a fuck also. Well, she's a teenage girl. Yeah. Her mom's embarrassing her just by breathing. Uh, one thing about this, that the dynamic between the Sunday and the daughter, and I, you know, I, I sound like I was a total asshole, but I never really like thought about what are the, I mean, I, I could never just considered that an autistic person has the same emotional feelings as a, a neurotypical person does. But there were some really beautiful passages where Sunday talks about like how much she loves her daughter. Like this, like her daughter is the only pain, person she loves. The only thing, like she, this is her thing, whole yeah. fucking world. And she says, "I loved you most. I loved you first. 
Even before you existed, even before which, you were born. Which sounds like the lyrics of a shitty first dance song <laughs> at a wedding, but that is like the father-daughter dance or something. But reading, I was like, yeah, as a, as a parent, that's how I feel too. But like, it's, I just never like thought of that element of it's an autistic person's possibly experience. possibly because, you know, we as neurotypical folks and most of the world, we have, we see emotions expressed right like you can tell us like someone's like holding their emotions in because even they're holding it in they're kind of expressing them but if they don't express them or understand the expression of these emotions to us it would seem like there aren't any well, yeah like that, that a makes cold sense. bitch you know so it's i think what the book what this book did differently than all the other books about uh cares with autism is ex- kind of explain a little bit more about how it could work, and I know I saw an exp- uh, someone wrote thing this one out once at like a event. It was like if you met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism, which means like it's not how it yeah, is for everybody. They're, they're, it's not representative. Yeah, yeah, it's like you've met that one. That's and but I mean there are some I assume similarities in the spectrum of not symptoms, you know, expressions of their autism. Yeah, totally. I, so I, it is. It, I thought it was interesting because it's like how much thought goes into every little fucking thing that we just do without thinking because she's trying so hard to just appear to function as other people would. And she knows she's not actually doing these things. She's doing them because she thinks this is what is required of her. It doesn't feel like I'm not doing these things because they're right. I'm doing them because other people think this is right. Well, she recognizes she is the outlier yeah. in her world, right? Like, she's the odd one out. She has to work harder to, to fit in. And she never is like, oh, whoa, boo-hoo, or, you know, this is not fair, or whatever. She's like, that's just how it has to be, because that's what it is. The closest she comes to that is her own mother, which is a real downer of an end. But, you know, one of the reasons I think people read fiction or one of the benefits of reading fiction is to develop a better sense of empathy yes and i kind of got that from this book i think in a way because i never really considered that aspect of an autistic person's perspective or experience um not that i thought they don't feel things i just never thought about it at all you know and it was it's hard to understand a perspective that is just so fucking different from your own in terms of like and I and I personally don't opinions, have like know anybody who's autistic, yeah. so I don't have like exposure to it. Like if you grow up with some knowing somebody, whether it's a family, a friend, or acquaintance or whatever, you have exposure and you'll you'll be better off. Yeah. But honestly, like I thought after reading the fucking Curious Incident of the Dog and Knife, I was like, I get it now. <laughs> I, you know, like I know more, but you know, it's not the same thing. So I kind of see why this could be a popular uh book in that respect for uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about its booker chances later. Uh, let's keep on with mm-hmm. the book. So there isn't a bunch of plot, but there's a very heartbreaking scene when uh, she talks about how her sister died, which was just, which I didn't quite get. She like drowned. She, she dry drowned. Lake, but which I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, she just had water in her lungs Basically after she, swimming in the lake. She drowned and then she like woke up again and then died later because of all the water still in her lungs. So she like drowned on land. It's called it's a, it's a real thing that happens. It's like there's no way to like fucking know. You go to the hospital and like they it's like check stealing you. first base though. Like you have to like get the right circumstances to do that. Yeah, usually <laughs> you just stay yeah. dead. Uh, but she didn't. She you know whoop I'm all right. And then she went home and went to bed and she died in her sleep. And uh, Sunday says like yeah I saw her in in the morning. So I left for school in the morning. Uh, my sister was there breathing sleeping deeply the way she always does and we didn't realize till you know i got home from school where mom tried to wake up my sister and found out that she was in we realized she was dead and her mother was so mad and essentially blamed sunday for it the entire time and then within a year both of her parents are dying and January is sitting in the hospital. Sunday, man. January. <laughs> Did I really, really just say that? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I had the thought that me and Jimmy should one day just say you're saying the wrong thing a lot. <laughs> That's called gaslighting. Really, 
we should, but you actually, and you'd only know when you edited the episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, later on, like yeah, I would, Dwight, I didn't just say Tom's, you fucking did, dude. You know what? I would probably work. Um, <laughs> fuck, so with January, fucking, no. <laughs> fucking Sunday dementia sitting. is taking you in your old age. It's, I'm trying to describe a sad scene, guys. Come on. It's sad okay. you can't but, remember her name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> So Sunday, my God. was sitting in the hospital with her mom because her mom is dying. Didn't say exactly she's what she's dying of from. being sad. Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah. The husband, the dad died. No, the dad dies second because the only thing he cared about in the world was the mom, and the mom only cared about the other daughter. So they're just it's a conga line of grief. Yeah, basically. And Sunday realizes that her her mom is like mad because like why did. Why did they take her and not you? It's like, uh, what was that? Fucking Dewey Cox. Uh, Walk hard. Mm. And then the whole movie, the wrong kid died. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the dad said that the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how she actually feels. Like, yeah. And then she later. Really, and, she really does feel that way. And then the mom really does say, her, no, I did not like her. Never did. Oof. Like, oh, very sad. Okay. And she tells her mother, like, she's, you know, remembering her mother on her deathbed in the hospital. Right when she says that, she, like, before she, like, she, she tells her, you know, like, I know I am different and I have always tried to, to do better and fit in because she's like, her mother just believes she's just being a dick. She's like, no, she just sucks. I don't know what's wrong with her. He's like, no, I really am trying. And she's like, well, fuck you. You suck at it. And then and she that's how and then she tells her, her mom like it's my fault that that my sister Dolores is dead and her mother just smiles and sends her away and then she dies she's like I knew it it's your fault well she learns that important lesson of lying to people so they could feel better <laughs> yeah kind of it's pretty fucked up that's a spe- I mean that's like more than just a fucked up like oh my mom's an asshole thing or like they didn't understand me like that's that's another level. Like, they just shit on her her whole life, and no one understood yeah. her, except her sister. And now she's an orphan. Her, but her sister, like, by the way, like, like her sister was fucking a lot of dudes, right? Like, that's a thing in the It was book. mentioned in, like, one paragraph But once. it's one of those things, like, she's, she, like, a lot of men enjoyed that body. <laughs> like, okay. And then she's like, yeah, that was around the time my sister was coming home, and she didn't smell like herself. And she was giggling and drunk. And like this, I, clearly that home was fucked up. And the sister was acting out in a different way or, you know, was getting up to other things that were probably not, you know, mom and dad were not approved of. Well, it was the 50s. So it was probably just like. Would it be the 50s? It would have been the, I guess it was the 50s, yeah. The kid was, oh no, yeah, the 60s. It would be the 60s. 60s. Maybe the 60s. Well, not much different in rural England. Free love, man. She was. Not that free. Not that that changes anything, but I was like, that's, that's, that's one of the, by the time I started getting into the book, I realized like, oh, I need to read this way more carefully. Yes, because it's, if you don't pick up the stuff that she's missing, you miss a bunch. Like I wrote down one thing that I thought was important. It's like, oh, that explains a lot. Because you find out as, you know, eventually why Vita and Rollo had to leave all of a sudden. It's because Vita stole her friend's baby. Oops. <laughs> That's a small thing you do yeah. occasionally. She mentioned like, oh, my fr- I had another best friend in London, but she had a baby and like, she just didn't want to hang out anymore and all that shit. So like, fuck her. She sucks. But what she did was she went in and took the baby on a walk for an hour and didn't tell anybody that she took the baby. So they had like called the cops and they're freaking out. She's like, oh, what's the problem? I just took the baby for a walk. It's like, you kidnapped a fucking baby. Uh, so they had to leave town because it's England, you know, it's not proper. Uh, they could have burned her as a witch. Yeah. <laughs> and occasionally in some random mornings, like Sunday will wake up and like go downstairs and Vita will be there in her house, like in her pajamas, like smoking a cigarette and like having a fucking egg, eat an egg or some shit or not eating at all. She didn't eat very much. Well, um, well Vita has no sense of like boundaries, but because Sunday doesn't really understand, like, what is socially acceptable... They're kind of an odd couple made but for it, each other. But Vita's, Vita, Vita's a parasite. Well, also, <laughs> she, this 
I wrote this one down. It was like, sometimes that summer, I came downstairs in the morning to find Vita sitting quietly in my kitchen, wearing a dressing gown and smoking a cigarette. Vita was a different person early in the day. She moved slowly and talked a little, like a patient emerging from a long confinement. And since this was she this time, drunk. she was fucking valiumed out every day, then, wasn't she? It was the or 80s. She's, or she's just hungover. It could be hungover. At the very but least. I get the sense that because she stole that baby, and because they kind of steal Dolly... That she is probably got some issues with depression because she's like, oh, never had a kid, but she clearly wants a kid and maybe can't yeah, have a kid. And she so, says multiple times in the beginning, oh, Rolo just didn't want to have children. That's why I don't have he any. He didn't want to share me. Yeah. He did. But it's probably it was so not romantic. <laughs> and so she's probably more than a little medicated. The family of the king, meaning the foresters who own the farm, they like have a yearly party, and it, the party comes around. And at the party, this this is to celebrate. And this time, this year, the party is at the end of the summer. They're going to celebrate Dolly passing her exams, and they have this big thing. And first at the party, even though it's hinted at before, slightly before, and that's chapter before or something like that. Um, we find out that the king, his new wife is having a baby and then a uh, Sunday is like, so she like has to leave and go cry in the bathroom for like a long time. And then finally Vita comes like docks in the doors, like let me in. And then like helps her, uh, does something with, to make her look like she's not crying again. And like puts makeup on her. And it's like, see, everything is fine. And then they go to the party and, Vita is like, oh, see her? She's just a bitch. <laughs> and just uh, kind of like helps helps her out and try to make her feel better. But then at the end of the party, it's like, oh, uh, Dolly's like, I have an announcement. I'm going to be moving to London. And Sunday is like, wait, what? You're not going back to school? You're not going to finish your... A levels, I think, is what she said. And you're not, fit you, and and is like, oh yeah, that, you know, I'm yeah, I'm I'm gonna move with Vita and Rolo back to London because I want to work in their thing, their business. And Sunday is like, what? But we need to talk about this. You were doing this without telling me. It's like, yeah, well, like we should, we 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 need to talk about it. And so then Dolly just like leaves the um for, because. Sunday says, no, wait, you, you, we need to talk about this. Uh, Dolly's like, gets everyone else around her to like help her pretty much just escape. So her grandparents, the other, the foresters, the father of the king, go over to Sunday's house and like, we're taking Dolly's stuff. We're packing her stuff so she can leave. She doesn't want to see you, doesn't want to talk to you. And then, and so they do, they take her stuff away. And of course, and it felt felt really bad. And then she leaves, and then, then the Forester's also like, "Did you did you see her?" It's like, no, she just left. She just left with Vita and Rolo. She's just gone now, and just didn't see her again. Won't even pick up the phone. And then it's pretty. And then it's like the end, except for an epilogue where it's three years later, where finally Sunday. Gets a and yes, my pause every single time because like <laughs> see the shiny one day <laughs> gets a letter says oh uh, meet me at this cafe from from Dolly meet me at this cafe for brunch next Saturday and now Dolly is a like twenty one year old she didn't go to college but she is living with a boyfriend and she has a successful job in the real estate business but you also find out that because she was living with Vita in Rolo for a little bit while, but then he it knocked up the neighbor's daughter because like they also had this thing with this other neighbor in town. Then I got divorced. And so Dolly had to just move out in a hurry. Like, oh, that got really complicated really fast and just moves out. But and she's like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm successful. And, and, Sunday it is, is like, hinted at earlier on that Rolo fucks around. Vita says makes a passing comment that goes right over Sunday's head about that. That's foreshadowed. 
And then, um, yeah, that's basically the end of the book. Like, um, and then she leaves, uh, you know, Dolly leaves and like actually gives her address and phone number to her mother. And that's it. So what'd you guys think? I actually really like this one. I didn't five star it. It didn't like, like, wow. Like, oh my God, holy shit. But it was easily the best of the ones I've read so far. It was definitely the most interesting, even though that much happens. It was just, I guess what I guess the interesting part wasn't anything that happened. It was just the the way it was told and how it works is different. You know, I agree. I I really liked it. I don't know if I give it five stars, but no, actually, I really liked it, and it was way better. I, I liked it a lot more than the other Booker nominees we've read so far. The bar hasn't been set high, but this was definitely it has the best. not. Yeah, I was just gonna say I didn't, I didn't haven't liked any of them yet, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, this was, I, I thought this, I mean, it might've been on purpose sort of that it's tedious and it's, it's boring at times. It's, and, um, I didn't even talk about the constant meandering into Sicilian folklore that is peppered throughout the book, because that is something that Sunday is fascinated by, uh, because like, it's a way is... to explain how the world works. These Sicilian folklore is like, oh, when this happens, you know your wife is a witch and like <laughs> weird stuff like that. It's an actual <laughs> real thing from the book. But it's a way to explain the world. That is the only thing she had as a child because the world was just incomprehensible. She just did not understand like people. An, like an Italian talking. <laughs> like, what is he saying? He's saying it all with his hands, but I don't know what it is. It's like sign language. <laughs> like, ah, uh, well, wow. We just cracked this open. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't mind that. Maybe partly because I'm kind of interested in Sicilian history. That's <laughs> 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 my family's part of my it's family's lasagna all the way down. It is, it was like... And she she does mention at one point, like I wish I wish I could move to this place. And I was like, that's where my great grandfather's from. Oh shit, we could have been friends. Uh, but it's probably on purpose that it's it, you know some of these passages are like, oh my god, enough already. I kind of was hoping it would taper off throughout the book, but it didn't because I guess that would be that's how it is all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, all right, I get it, man. Like, let's get to the story here. So it was uh, that was a little frustrating. But it was good. It was. I mean, I, I uh, nothing has bl- nothing has blown me away. I think that, you know there have been books we've read that have had equally sparse plots, but you know when you get down to it, it's like it's about a woman losing her whole family over and over again, and it's like yeah, you, you you make people write books about that shit all the time, but it's a lot more emotional, and when you take that out of it, it's like. It's just a different way to experience that, I guess. But the character is capable of emotion. She talks about her love for her daughter. She talks about yeah, and, I, and the, there are sad parts. I feel like some like you know they when these things happen in the books, it's like oh, uh, it's it's okay, most melodramatic at times. Oh yeah, it could be. But the, on doesn't thing. have this. This doesn't have that. And I think about like there's the the deaf guy you know, who is the only person in town who, you know, has commun- like his parents refuse to learn sign language and just like mouth things to him to like get him to be more normal. Well, because normal. He, he went deaf as a child, so he, he, he actually knows how to speak. Yes, but he, he's not, he can't just rip, lip read like fluently. It's, it's hard, but his parents make absolutely no effort to ever learn sign language or they treat him any differently because they're just like, no, he's got to be normal. This is not right. Yeah, they demand he like speaks out loud. Yeah, that he doesn't sign. He speaks out loud, they, like, and you know, put his hands re- behind his back and shit to like make sure. He or he can't. has to, or like sit, sit on, on his, his hands, hands to yeah. keep them from like keep him signing around, even though he's not Italian. <laughs> 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 but I think, I think other books about people with autism written by people who are not. I think that would have been like an easily like, oh, look, she'll find love with this guy because they're different mm. and they come together. But That's fair. she doesn't even consider that because she doesn't give a shit about that sort of thing. And that's hard for someone like us to understand. Like I listened to a podcast by a guy who has autism and it's, he talked about like, you know, 
people ask me, like, aren't you, like, lonely? You just, like, like to read weird stuff and, like, learn interesting facts? He's like, no, I'm not. I don't feel the need for that sort of thing like you do. So I don't feel lonely. I'm not interested in that. And that's a fucking insane thing for me to comprehend. Because that's such such a fundamental part of some people's life is like, oh, you know, just want to find a nice person to shack up with. But it's like, no, I don't care about that at all. Things are going to be way simpler for you uh, in your own way. (laughs) You get to keep all of your shit in the divorce. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that, you know, like that, that's what made this book for me, at least a little more interesting is it defies the, I guess not tropes, but like things you'd expect to happen in books like this because they don't really understand what it's like. No, you're a hundred percent right. That's what would have happened in like the Hallmark version of this would have been, she ends up with the nice deaf guy. Yeah. And they realize that the world doesn't get them, but they get each other. Yeah. Right. Shit that like that. Been the, but it's just been like, no, he marries somebody else and she's like, oh, have a good wedding. I like cake. <laughs> it's a white day. Yeah. <laughs> white power. Uh, but then. <laughs> she is. She's, a, she's an actual white supremacist. She really is. Like her whole house is white. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did have a question, though. Like, so. When Mark Haddon wrote Curious Incident in the Dog in Nighttime, and then other books that nobody has read, but he wrote that, or when the woman who wrote How to Build a Boat, that's like, you could do that once, you know? Like, if if if, if after the praise and whatever of Curious Incident, the guy's like, and for my next book, two characters with autism. <laughs> like, you would have been like, okay, fucking dude, come on, you did that. Like, like... It's it be, it's kind of a gimmick, right? It's like Memento or like any of these other things where it's told in a weird way, yeah. And that's a big part of how it functions. Mm-hmm. But for this author, that's her actual perspective and experience. If she continues to do that, like, won't I, I wonder how people will react to that? You know what I'm saying? Like, are people going to be like, oh, yeah, she just, all of her books are about autistic people. Because when we, we accept it from other authors, right? I'm sure, like, a, you know, like an angry Twitter person would be like, oh, you know, it's okay when Charles Dickens only wrote about white guys. Like, yeah, I guess it's different, but. Hey, he wrote about one Jew. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote a lot about that Jew. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that, and, and there was no point, and I'll have her too, she's like, is that, is he Jewish? Like you knew. <laughs> you fucking knew. He said Jewishly. <laughs> Using as few syllables as possible <laughs> so he could save them for himself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm getting at here? Yeah. Like, can she make a career out of this? Like, that's a real I mean, question. I have like, no criticism. idea. What, it's a, it's a, this is her question. first book, right? So... Who the fuck yeah. knows what her next book is going to be like? I if, I don't. Know. I mean, she can write whatever she wants. I uh, the, but of course. Would, but would like critics or the public if she becomes if she wins the Booker and gets kind of famous and then she's like, here's another book about an autistic person. Maybe if it's like a very different character and a very different kind of story, it might you know be like, oh, this is new again and not just mm. the same thing again. It might it could still feel new, even if it's a, just a kind of you know completely different situation. Yeah, I mean, you could write it was different stories enough. like if someone could write like, "Oh, this person always like uh, stories about uh, what it was like to be poor in the depression or some shit." Like, or you know, like Cormac McCarthy wrote books about real sad, violent people all the time, and they're all but different. But, but you could take, I mean. That that's that even that though is more general than being on the spectrum. For the lay audience, well, I mean, yeah, but it's it's it. You know, you're supposed to write. I mean, what is you she know. gonna write? Like, here's my novel about being an autistic person in the Renaissance. Like, that's like, you know, he 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 has his book. Like, here's what it's like to be a violent dude in like 1980s Texas, and also 1918 Texas. Being a, a bunch of violent guys in 1850s Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, maybe he only had it's, one thing. But <laughs> I mean, we we really have. There's no way to know until she makes another book. Maybe she'll never write another book. That's true. Maybe she's just like, I'm just going to shit this one out, and then I'm going to do other stuff. Well, she got a PhD in creative writing, so that'd be quite a fucking waste of time if she only writes you know, one you book. Just, you know, you got to make sure you nailed it in one, man. True. 
Hey, if she wins, it'd be like, well, I fucking won the Booker. What else am I going to do now? Time to be time to get that pilot's license. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not critical. I'm not trying to criticize her at all. Yeah, it's a fair question. Like, how how can you make like what kind of career? Because she's in a very difficult position. You know, like the like. It's it's like the same like who the fuck was it like Amy Schumer who was like I don't want to be everyone's I don't want to be someone's favorite favorite female comedian I want to be your favorite comedian right like how is no this author she's nobody's favorite <laughs> anything but how could um, this author doesn't I'm sure I, I imagine she doesn't want to be I want to be that autistic writer right I gotta just be that a writer yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe maybe she's also kind of like a activist type, or you know, trying to you know foster. You know, I, I really don't know anything about her whatever. other than the fact that she is autistic, which is maybe not great. That is all I know. But I don't know. It's, it's it's the first fucking sentence in her biography in her own book. It's like gives you street cred. She is autistic and book. has a PhD in creative writing. It's like okay, until she writes the second one, it's, it, was, it was you know I'll, I'll certainly read it. If she writes a second one, whatever it's about, I'll see what it's like. But I, I really don't you know. know. You know what, man? I take it all back. I think it'd be fucking hysterical if she wrote historical fiction books with autistic characters she inserts. <laughs> it's like, here is the story of Bartolomeo Giuseppe, who gives a fuck, who sailed with Columbus, but was autistic. And he's like, I just want to point out that it is, uh, it's been 31 days, 7 hours, and 9 <laughs> minutes without seeing land. <laughs> if she did that, it's pretty good without a clock. <laughs> I mean, well, that's me. turns out he was wildly wrong. We haven't left yet. It has been six months. <laughs> we are still on the dock. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay, so, so definitely, it, definitely not a boat. Definitely boat. <laughs> so, do you think it's going to win the Booker? I think it is unlikely, nah. but it's possible. But I think it hasn't made the short list. Yes, they're announcing that tomorrow as we record. I thought it was. Oh, really? Ten days from now, is it? The thirtieth? Is it the twenty twenty first? I thought no. Did I have that wrong? That was the thirtieth. Whatever. Thought it was too. Well, look it up. Well, I would say I actually think it has a chance, or maybe I just want it. To have a chance because I didn't like the other ones we've read I so hated far. House of Doors. Now this was book. F- this was the fifth one, or did I miscount? This is the fifth one, yeah. Yeah, fifth one. This was the fifth one, and so the other four I didn't really like. There are only what? There are eight more. Eight more. Oh god. Oh, some yep. of them. Well, but hopefully, uh, but the batting only average one more that we ooh. haven't done yet on the but short the batting list. Or- but the batting order is really bad. Batting. Average is really bad for these, so like I don't know. It's definitely the most unique, which they like. Yeah, it is unique. You know, I'll give it that for sure. I'm just trying to find out when the fuck the shortlist comes out. Shortlist oh, September 21st. September right. 21st. Oh, suck my dick. I guess we'll find out how uh, fucked we are tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh god, got, it's we... all of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so sad. So sad. Oh, no. Yeah. Because <laughs> also we read the shortest half. Yeah. If you look at the uh, the Booker long lists, like the Booker website, they have all the books lined up on a, a shelf or a tabletop or something. And you can see their relative girth. <laughs> and we really we really dodged some bullets here. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're all some, hoping that those degenerate some gambling zesty boys here, they decided, are biggins. Have decided great for us. You know, we just picked the ones most likely to win based on uh, absolutely nothing except one website's uh, gambling problem. Listen, those degenerate gamblers have to be right occasionally. <laughs> they were pretty close last year. No idea how. No idea how they figured this out. But... Hopefully we're right, because I, I don't want to read eight. My God, more. how long is the bee sting? That looks like a phone book next the big to one, The biggest one is uh, 656. Yeah. 656. The bee sting is what? That's the biggest longest? one. The, actually, a, a bunch of the other ones are all, they're all pretty short, actually. Yeah, in, in, uh, in Ascension looks long. In Ascension is not the long, is not, it's 400 pages-ish. A Spell of Good Thing is 350, and everything else is less than 300. So actually, they're not... Uh, they're not that long. 
So we yeah, could do it, but I don't so want to. So far, have been fucking breezy, man. Holy shit! <laughs> Some we didn't even read the books. shortest one because it wasn't on the uh, likely list. I need to pass something shorter list. than Pearl. Western Lane is 160 pages. Oh, the pamphlet. Okay, I hope that one wins. <laughs> <laughs> Efficiency. <laughs> All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail dot com. Follow us on dr- uh, fucking. X <laughs> Drunk Eyes BC <laughs> or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Eyes Book Club and if you want to support the podcast go to Patreon and and that'd be cool or leave us a review or just uh, every time you are in a it's a white day yell out like hey I know a podcast with three white guys and then people are like what are you talking about and you're like nothing never mind uh, that would be cool too it just plants the seed you know and you can also find us on Goodreads where you should give us five stars for something I haven't figured out how yet, but if you find out, please let us know. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent uh, January podcasters. And thanks for listening. (laughs)